Good morning to you. Well, it's morning here. This is Joyce with Quiet Talks on the Gospel. Today is February 10, 2021. The title is Anatomy of a Tear. You can find me on my blog at what would a Jesus girl do dot com? The first picture is of a tear bottle and the scripture Psalm 56 1. Underneath the picture it says, You have taken account of my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle. This is David talking to the Lord. Are they not in your book? Tear bottles were common in Rome and Egypt around the time of Christ. Mourners would collect their tears as they walked toward the graveyard to bury their loved one. This was an indication of how much that person was loved. Perhaps the most tears described in the Bible are those of an unnamed woman, unnamed because she is recognized as sinful, and sinful women are not named in the Bible. She had so much love and tears. There were enough to wash the feet of Jesus. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. This happened in the home of Simon, who protested, knowing her reputation. At the end of the passage, Jesus said her sins were many, but she was forgiven because she loved much. Then he tells Simon, he who has been forgiven little, loves little. You can find that in Luke chapter 7, 36 through 50. David in the Bible wrote about tears in God's bottle during one of the lowest points in his life. He found comfort in the fact that God saw everything he was going through and caught every single tear he shed. Do you feel alone? Do you long to have someone understand you? David knew the God of the Bible understood everything about him. You can have that same assurance. He keeps track of your wanderings and my wanderings. He keeps track of our tears. There were three types of tears. The first is basal tear, which keeps the human eye clean and dust-free. The second type is the reflex tear, it washes out and preserves the eye from extreme irritants. The third tear is called the emotional tear. It seems to provide actual relief from emotional stress. It is particularly special because it contains proteins and hormones that the other tear types don't. Those can help with pain stress, and mood. Then on the blog, 
there's a large title, The Sisters. I have given them Bible names. I didn't meet the sisters until they were elderly. I had driven back a gravel road to a farmhouse. Previous hospice nurse visits had been in their old-fashioned kitchen, which reminded me of my grandmother's. This time, the younger sister, Mary, was in bed, and she was in the dying process. As I stepped into the bedroom, the bed faced me from the far wall. Directly behind the bed was a tall window with the sun shining through. A ray of light shone down in front of Mary. Her older sister, Abigail, was holding Mary's hand, bending over her and crying. As her tears fell, they glistened white in the sun rays. They dropped down and softly splashed on her sister's face. For me, it was one of those moments, frozen in time, in my remembrance, that you don't choose, they just happen. For Abigail, her protest was heard loudly in her words. This isn't supposed to be happening. I'm older. I'm supposed to go first. In hospice, the team may ask the patient to identify with their church affiliation or even provide a chaplain for support. But the sisters remain adamant that they did not believe in God. Neither had special interest. They didn't have a church family and they didn't want one. They had each other. At some point in their lives, they had rejected God's plan. They may have heard the truth, but turned away. They harbored grudges and hate in their hearts. 1 John 2.11 states, He or she who hates is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and doesn't know where he or she is going because the darkness has blinded his or her eyes. At one time, one of the sisters made the comment, if hell was real, at least they would be together. That made me shudder. I heard Billy Graham's daughter, Anne, preach on that subject. People have said the same thing to her, that they wanted to go to hell because that is where their loved one was. Anne said, well, you may both be there, but you won't be able to see each other. It's dark. It's pitch black. It's a dark, eternal home, eternal death. There's been a phrase for a few years regarding flooding. Turn around, don't drown. How? You just turn the car around in the other direction. May I say to you, if your thinking is similar to the sisters as I have been talking about, turn around and find the road 
to biblical thinking. Now you may ask, how? I have another story to explain about that, and it happens to be about my daddy. Daddy worked for the phone company as outside plant manager for many years. He said the engineering part was fun, and he told us stories. He wanted a map of where the underground cable posts were located for the entire county. He drove county roads, marking from driveway to driveway, taking measurements. Then back at the office, he made a map to scale. One inch equals 100 feet. After the blizzard of 1978, men were sent to the country to repair service. It seemed impossible at one location. One of the workers called Daddy and said, There is so much snow, we can't find the post. Looking at his map, Daddy told him first to stand in front of the driveway at a particular address, then walk down the road 73 steps, then face the field and begin swinging your shovel. Sure enough, the shovel hit the post and repairs were made. Daddy had a plan. He viewed the landscape, drove down the roads looking and took measurements. Then he made a map. Now, this is in red letters on the blog. God had a plan. He viewed the landscape of human despair. He saw we were headed down the wrong road. He must have measured the cost. He sent his son Jesus anyway. Jesus walked on earth, talked about the Father, the Holy Spirit, and heaven and hell. And then Jesus died for our sins. All these things happened. Then God made a map. Man, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, wrote that map called the Holy Bible. Have you ever heard someone say, it must be true because it's in the Bible? That sentence is actually backwards. People, places, and things are already true already happened, words were spoken, some prophecies have been fulfilled, other prophecies are yet to come, because all of the above were, are, will be true, they are included in the Bible. Where is your word of God, by the way? Is it dusty? High on an unused shelf or in a drawer? under a stack of other reading material you plan to go through, I encourage you to take your shovel, so to speak, and knock that other reading material out of the way and put your Bible on top. Turn off the TV, maybe for just one newscast a day at first. 
One of the best ways to grow as a Christian, it's so commonplace and ordinary, I think we overlook the obvious. This is Isaiah 28.10. The word of the Lord will be to them precept upon precept. Then he repeats it, precept upon precept, line upon line, then again, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Priorities. Then on the blog, a video of this song, Tears Are a Language That God Understands by the Heritage Singers. Mind how you go. You remember why? You get to choose what you think about. You get to choose what you are about. Until next week, love and prayers to all. Joyce.